And he was the son of God. He was God and man at the same time. He took all of our sins upon him. And they placed him in a tomb. And if he would have stayed there, it would have been good, guys. But he rose from the dead. And do you realize that we are the only, only religion in the world that we can say, hey, our Savior's bones isn't in the grave. Amen. Because our Savior rose from the dead on the third day. And He stands in heaven and with His blood, He washed our sins away. And guys, I have received Jesus Christ. I know that I'm going to heaven. When this body gives out, out of this body, into the presence of God I go because I've received Jesus. And that's good news, amen? Amen. And if you don't have Jesus in your heart, brother, tonight is your night. This is You've been set up for such a time as this, amen? But you know what? I've asked Kathy just to come up here and to share just a few words with you. Share a little bit about her heart. She's going to be going in and doing all this this big Hollywood stuff. And 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 I don't know. We just kind of look at each other, and I'm like, "Dang, Kathy, you got all this opportunities." But it's by no coincidence. I'm really believing God is going to use Kathy to reach so many people for Jesus Christ. Not just in this ministry, not just in the thousands of people that we reach in this ministry, but worldwide. Amen. Kathy, will you share with us? All right, well, thanks, guys. We got a big program tonight, so I'm not going to go too long. But you know what? There is, there are so many scriptures that when I'm in need, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling discouraged, that I run to and that I just totally cling to. And one of them, Mark 9, 23, says, All things are possible for those who believe. That means that the sky is the limit for you and your life if you Believe in Jesus Christ. If you've got Jesus in your corner, you know what? There is no mountain that you can't climb. There is no obstacle that you can't overcome. There's no situation. There's nothing that can stand in your way. As long as you've got Jesus, you can bulldoze right through that. There's nothing that can stop the plan and the purpose that God has got for your life. Because if you would have told me even... 10 years ago that I would be where I'm at right now, 32 years old, up on a stage with an amazing team, about to submit an application to be on some television show to possibly be a WWE, whatever. I mean, that's that's really cool. It's awesome. It's amazing. But you know what? That really doesn't matter to me. That's not is what really is important to this to me. Because you know what? I've I'll just be totally honest with you guys. There, a couple of years ago, this was about in 2004, I was living in Miami. And now Miami is a very fast-paced, very superficial town. It's all about what kind of car you have, who your doctor is, who is your lawyer, who does your nails, who does your everything, you guys. And I was coming from, we were living in um, Mississippi at the time. So we went from kind of a slower paced lifestyle into this, into running in the fast lane. And you know what? I found myself trying to compete with everybody else, trying to make a whole bunch of money, trying to further myself. So I, you know what? I could get a fancier car so that I could, I could kind of associate myself with, with the people who had all the things, all the stuff. You know what? The things in this world, the stuff in this world, it will not bring you one ounce of peace. It will not bring you any happiness. It'll never mend a marriage, you guys. It will never help any relationship. It's only through Jesus Christ 
can those things be put back together? You know, well, I was living in, living in Miami and I got so caught up because I was a Christian at the time, you guys. But you know what? I thought that, that as long as I went to church on Sunday, as long as I gave a little bit, you know, a little bit of my tithe, maybe a speaker would come along, a little bit of an offering. You know, I thought, oh, it's all right. I'm still going to go to heaven, which is, which is true. You know what? Because God's grace is so good, but I wasn't living my life according to his plan. I started living my life to what I thought I wanted. And you know what? Even though I was a Christian and I was saved and my, and my sins are covered, you know, I was becoming just miserable on the inside because the more I tried to go out there and get things just to stick in my pocket and show people, hey, look what I got, man, the more miserable I, miserable I was because you know what? You will never, ever be able to, to outdo somebody. You know, somebody's always going to come along. They're always going to have something nicer. They're always going to have something newer. You know, contentment. That was a lesson that God really taught me really the hard way. In 2004, I was in a really bad car accident. I was going home from school on the Florida Turnpike. I got rear-ended by a big truck, just not, I mean, it was a big, like a truck truck. I mean, just smashed my car, spun out and ended up in the middle of the Florida Turnpike. One of the bystanders, he hopped out of his car, ran over to my car. He opened it up and he's like, wow, he's like, I thought for sure you were going to be dead. But you know, this is how awesome God is because at that point I was about four weeks away from doing a, a figure competition. So, you know, I was, I had the muscle thing going on and it's because those muscles were built up so strong that when I saw that truck coming in my rearview mirror, everything tensed up. So what those muscles did, it protected my spine. It protected my neck from snapping. But you know, I was, I was grounded. You guys, <laughs> I found myself not being able to leave the house or drive a car or I, all my freedom had kind of been taken away from me. I couldn't get out there. I couldn't go to the malls. I couldn't go to any, anywhere. I just had to sit at home and we didn't have cable and there was nothing on TV and it was terrible. But you know what? Sometimes it takes what it takes in order for, for God to really get your attention. Because while I was struggling so much with my purpose and the plan and the destiny that I have for my life. And I thought, you know what, if I can't compete and I can't go to school and I can't work, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do, God? I really don't know what to do here. You know, so about that, that time we started going to a, to a different church, my husband and I, you know, and we started, well, I started, you know, what? I, I went up to the secretary one day. I'm like, is there anything I can do to help? Man, that was the best decision right there. Just, you know, there was so much happiness and fulfillment in just going and like stuffing envelopes, putting stamps on like 200 letters or something, just going and hanging out in the church office, just starting to become an active member of that church body. You know, the, the more I started to go, the more I wanted to start to do things. Before you know it, my husband and I, we started a little young, young adults group activity thing. Man, it was awesome. It was so good to get plugged in because as soon as I got plugged in to an active body of Christ, you know what? I started to get that sense of purpose. You know what? Life's about people. Life's about sowing into other people's lives. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what kind of car you have, what medal you have, what bodybuilding trophy, what television program you're on. You know, how many people have you helped pull out of the ditch? How many people have you put your arm around and let them cry on your shoulder? 
How many times have you reached in your pocket and given somebody you know is in need a couple bucks? Sometimes it's those small things that we do in life, you guys, that make the biggest impact in somebody else's life. You know, and just God is so amazing. All things are possible if you believe in him. You know, it, it's taken me a long time to be able to do a lot of this stuff. But now that, you know what, I'm able to do it, and because I'm using it to God's glory, he's opening up some amazing, incredible doors. And I know that as long as I keep handing him everything I have, all of my talents, all of my abilities, everything, you know what, he's going to keep opening up those doors. Because he sure didn't open them when I was trying to live myself for, for me. It wasn't until I really gave him everything and said, Lord, even... If it's scrubbing a church toilet, I don't care. I'll do it with everything I've got. If it's going on the Ellen DeGeneres show, I'm going to go give it everything I got, but I'm going to hand it over to you and give you all the glory. And I'm just going to say one more quick thing. It wasn't about going on TV, that, that whole Ellen thing. Yeah, it was cool to get flown out there and they picked you up in a nice, cool Lincoln town car. And that stuff was, that's, and I got an Xbox. I don't know how to use an Xbox. I'll, I'll break the thing, you guys. I break stuff for a little, no, Jason's really happy to have it. Anyways, you know what, this is the cool thing, when I went out there, we're doing the dress rehearsal, right? They had me snap a baseball bat, rip a license plate, and roll up a frying pan. Well, I usually don't get injured doing the license plate, but that particular day, I, I nicked my finger, I start, your finger bleeds a lot, you know, and oh, and it, it was funny, because one drop of blood got on the, the studio floor, and the whole, like, stage crew, and everyone was like, <gasps> There's blood on the floor. You know, you can just imagine. They're like, oh, no, we need to call the hazmat and cover it up and do just sanitary. Anyways, I had this little tiny cut on my finger, and they're like, well, we have to take you over to the medic. I'm like, I can just stick a Band-Aid on. Like, no, we have to make you just go see our doctors just because, liability, whatever. You know, and like I said, it wasn't about being on TV. It wasn't about getting an Xbox, you guys. It was all about the nurse who attended to that little tiny wound as soon as I walked in that place, because the whole time I was heading out there, I said, okay, God, whatever you want to come from this, whatever you want, I don't care. Just use me. You know, I walked in there and there, there the nurse was, and she was just kind of bored reading her book. But, you know, I got to have such an amazing conversation with her, share my heart, tell her about what I do, share my faith with her. And I know she was encouraged, and I know that that time had been set aside just to sow into her life, you guys. And it's all about just reaching. Who are you going to reach out? Re- reach out and touch somebody. And they say, I mean, hey, guys, make an impact. This world needs you. This world needs what you have. So I encourage you to give it away, but make sure you give it to God first. Thank you. Paul Rogers. How's everyone doing? So how's everyone doing? You know what, it is my great honor, privilege and pleasure to be here before each and every one of you and to be able to share a word. And uh, you know, I have nothing I can give but what he's given unto me. That's all I can give. I can only give that which is placed in my heart and that which he's given me to give to you. And that's the only thing that can make a difference in any one of your lives. And my prayer tonight is that Every ear is open so they can hear the word of God. You may not like the way the message comes to you in the vessels it is, but that's all we are. We're messengers. 
with vessels. Because the only way that God speaks to us is through messengers. He'll speak to us through a newspaper or a sign on the road. If we have open eyes to see or ears to hear. But we've got to be willingly wanting to hear that which God desires to tell us or say to us. So all I ask tonight is that there's open hearts with open ears and eyes to see. But I just want to pray before I even begin this. If we could all pray or just bow our heads please. Father I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you Father that there is nothing in myself or of myself that I can give to these people. But I thank you, Father God, because of your anointing. You are the anointed one. And I thank you that your spirit lives and dwells within me. And Father, I pray right now that you hide me behind your cross. And I ask as John asked, that you increase and I decrease. That there is more of you and less of me. And I pray, Father, they do not see the man that stands before them. But Father God, that they see the light of Christ that shines in and through me. And Father, I just ask for receptive hearts, soil, Father God, to receive your incorruptible seed, your word that never returns unto you void. So I thank you, Father, that in some of these hearts, it may be planting that seed. In others, it may be watering that seed. In others, there may be a harvest tonight. But Lord, I thank you and I trust undoubtingly in what your word says, that you are responsible for the increase. So I thank you for that, Father. And I give you all the praise and all the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. I was wondering where I was going to go with this tonight. And when we was in the prison, the Lord brought back a scripture and a a story that I'd shared many times to people. And uh, it's actually in Mark 8.22. And it's about the blind man at Bethsaida. But normally when I, I get something, he takes me in a different direction to where I think I'm going to go. So I may get off on some rabbit trails during it. But there was, you know, in Mark 8.22, there was a blind man in Bethsaida. And this blind man who was in Bethsaida, a couple of people grabbed him and took him to Jesus when Jesus was coming. And actually, I'm going to read it from the Word exactly. And then I'm going to just elaborate on what God revealed to me through this Word. And for this time and for this place says that Jesus heals a blind man. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around, and he said, Yes, I see people but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. I don't like this translation, personally. This isn't the Bible I normally read out of. But another translation, it says, he said, yes, I see men like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away, saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Well, there may be people here tonight that it took somebody to bring you. Even if you're a member at this church, it may have been someone what had to get you to come tonight because you didn't want to come. Maybe you didn't want to come to see Team Intense, Intense Ministries. But someone grabbed you and said, why don't you come? Why don't you come? 
You see, these two people or these people that grabbed this man who was blind and led him to Jesus, they knew because they had faith that if they could get this blind man to Jesus, Jesus would open his eyes. Because everywhere that Jesus went, he went around doing good and miracles. And every good gift comes from above. It comes from Christ. Every good you see in a man, a woman, a boy or girl, whether they know Jesus or not, that which is Christ-like was placed in them before the foundation of the earth and it was placed in them even though they don't know him, but because before they was born, they was with him in spirit. The word says in Jeremiah 1.5, I knew you before I formed you or made you in your mother's womb. We was made in his image and likeness, but just as you've heard this week who's been here, we were separated at birth by sin. Jesus is the exact opposite of what we are because Christ had never been separated from the Father until he received our wrongs, our sins, our faults upon himself. He didn't know what it was like not to be in communion, talking and in relationship with his Father. So he had to be, in you could say, when he was on the cross, he had to go blind for a time. Because he had to go into that place of utter darkness. And we are born into darkness. And so often we say to young people in schools that you aren't born a winner or a loser but a chooser. But I want to tell you if you're in this place today, I don't agree with that. I don't believe you're a winner. I don't believe you're a chooser even. I believe if you don't have Jesus, you're a loser. Shall I tell you why? Because you're as lost as a goose is. Because I know this because 30 years I walked blind and I thought I could see. This man, if you listen to the story, was obviously not blind from birth. Because he knew what a man looked like and he knew what a tree looked like. If he was blind at birth, how would he know what a tree looked like? How would he know what a man looked like? He said he's seen men like trees walking. Men like trees. His vision wasn't quite clear. Jesus had spit on his hand. Well, first, let me not get ahead of myself. Jesus took him out of the town. He took him out of his comfort zone. If you're here tonight, you may have been taken out of your comfort zone because you're in a building, what we call a church. But I'm here to tell you tonight, this isn't the church. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. This is the gathering place. We are the body of Christ. It says he is the foundation. He is the chief cornerstone. And we are living stones. We become a stone in the building of Christ when we receive him. We become part of the temple. And the same spirit that raised him from the dead comes to live and dwell within us. But you see... Jesus took him out of his comfort zone. He took him out of where the familiar was. Because, see, let me tell you something. Bristol, Virginia has powers, principalities, and what rule and reign over this area. Because the God of this world, the God of this time, this age, his name is Satan, and is the adversary, is the enemy of each and every one of us. And the Bible says he comes to do but one thing. Steal kill and destroy. 
It says he walks around like a roaring lion looking to see who he may devour. But he's only like a lion. The Jesus we know when we come to salvation is the lamb of Judah. He's the lamb that was slain, that sheep that was led to slaughter. Because he was meek as a lamb. But the Jesus that I know now, now I'm born again, isn't that lamb. That's what I present to the people. But the Jesus I know is the Lion of Judah. The Jesus that I know is the King of Kings. The Jesus that I know is the Lord of Lords. Is the King of Kings. Is the Alpha, is the Omega, is the author and finisher of my faith. Is the captain of the host and he's coming again. And he'll come clouds and he'll split those clouds. And he'll be on a white horse. And he will lead that army. He is the one and only one. But see, Jesus took the man out of that which was familiar. He took him to a place where those spirits couldn't confuse him or speak to him any longer for that time. And the living water, Jesus, Jesus' water spit, the living water touched his eyes. And when he touched his eyes, he asked him what he's seen. And he said he's seen men like trees walking. Well, you know what? If you've heard the word just once, you won't get a clear picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ, even though it's that simple. Because if you only hear it and you receive it in your mind, just like this man may have heard what Christ was saying when he touched him in his natural mind, it's got to go down into the heart. The seed has to be planted in the heart. You know what? For 10 years, my grandmother planted the word of God in my heart faithfully. She faithfully planted it and cultivated that word. Paul, you can do all things through Christ who gives strength. Paul, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. She personalized the word of God. She spoke the word of God into my heart. Knowing that the word of God was alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, that it pierced between the division of the soul, the soul, which is the mind, the emotions, the intellect, the emotions, and the physical. The mind, the emotions, sorry, and the will. She knew that it needed to get into my spirit. Because the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and discerns the thoughts and intents of one's heart. It took 20 more years after she'd planted the word for 10 faithfully till God sent more people into my life to water that which she had planted And then finally for our harvest to come at the appointed time, day of that season. It may be the season for you today, the appointed time for you to receive the truth. It may be the appointed time today for you who may have not been blind from birth. You may have been raised in the church. You may have received Jesus Christ as a five or six year old child. And may have stayed in the church all your life, in the gathering place. But maybe you haven't been a living stone. Maybe you haven't followed the path, which is that narrow path. Because narrow is the gate, 
and narrow is the path, and not many find it. But wide is the gate, and wide is the path that leads to destruction. You can be in the house of God. You could have received him when you was little, but you could have followed him from afar, just like Peter. Jesus wasn't satisfied with just him having a touch. Jesus wanted him to be free because the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. If you don't have liberty in your life and freedom, if you live in fear, the word of God hasn't got down into the places of your heart where it desires it to be. I'm not saying you're not born again, but you see there's many rooms in our heart. For so long, I let Jesus into my living room of my heart, but then I would ask him to go. When it was time for me to do something, what I didn't want him to see. What wasn't going to be pleasing to him, even though he sees everything we do and knows everything we think. But the place that this man Jesus desires to actually be with each and every one of us, male or female, is in the bedroom of our heart. Because the Bible says he is the husband, he is the groom, and we are the bride. And the only place that the wedding bed doesn't get defiled is between the husband and the wife. And truly the only person that a husband will tell his intimate secrets is his wife. And we're all mess-ups in the body, but Jesus still trusts us to tell us that which he desires us to know if we will draw close to him. And the Bible said, if you draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. You can have as much as Jesus in your life as you desire. You can be his favorite child because he's so big. He's so big that he can be, we all can be his favorites. And we can't even comprehend that. But it's as much as we want of him because he is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself upon anyone because love always gives and it never takes. He's not trying to take anything from any one of us but sin. But we have to even willingly give him that. That's why it says if you're faithful to go to him and confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive you. You have to go to him. He doesn't take anything from us. But he did replace us upon that cross. It was, as Ken sang about last night, I believe, or yesterday afternoon, the great exchange. Our sins upon him for his righteousness, for his grace and his mercy. And the only way we can receive that is by faith, with childlike faith, with faith as a little child. You know, it's so amazing because after this man had placed, uh, Jesus had placed his hands on this man's eyes a second time, then he's seen everything. Clearly, he said everything was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. Then Jesus sent him away. If you're in this place tonight, when you leave here, if you receive Jesus, you're going to leave. And I'm going to say to you, don't go back into that village, but go to your home. And what I'm saying by that, what this text is saying, don't go back into those familiar places where you was entrapped by the enemy. 
Don't go back into the same situations what caused you not to be able to see the light of God. What held you in bondage where you had no liberty, where you had no freedom, where you lived in fear instead of faith. Because fear is false evidence appearing real. It is happening. It is a circumstance. It is a situation that's happening in the natural. But when you find the answers inside the heart, faith, finding answers inside the heart, when your heart is one with Christ, only when it's one with Christ, this is righteousness, right standing with Christ, His will for your life, not your own. Father, not my will, but your will be done on earth, on earth, in me, as it is in heaven. Jesus in the physical didn't want to go to the cross. But his spirit, the Christ, the anointed one knew that that was his destiny. To release us into our destinies. Because a seed has to die and go into the ground before it can live. Before it can produce more fruit. That's why he said when he was raised from the dead and when the father, before he went to be seated at the right hand of the father, he said, it's better that I go away from you and leave you because what I leave for you, what I leave with you is the comforter and the counselor. He wants to give us his spirit so we can walk in what the truth demands. And that's the only way we can live is when we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit through a relationship with Jesus. Those who are His. And He'll seal His Word in our hearts. And He shed His blood so we could receive that gift of salvation. We are saved by grace, through faith, not by our works so no man can boast. See, Jesus Christ shed His love Him dying was Him shedding His love abroad into those hearts, our hearts, into our hearts, if we're willing to receive that gift. And perfect love, the love of Christ, casts out all fear and adds no torment with it. God don't want us to live in a tormented state. If there's confusion in your life, if there's doubt, unbelief, those things, You're not looking at God for those things to come to pass. Because the enemy is the author of confusion. Because he's the father of all lies. Jesus Christ don't tease us. He don't torment us. He makes it very clear. And if you feel like there's a place in your life where you fell off that path. And you don't feel like you're walking as you was. You may be that five-year-old child, but now a 35 or 40-year-old man or woman. Just like that man, you could have become blind because of the things of this world. But Jesus is saying, I touched you once with my water, with that living water. Let me touch you again today so you can now see things clearly. And even those things that you did and walked away from him and what made the mistakes wasn't pleasing to him. He will then even bring those experiences then that you may learn from those things to be able to give them to others so they don't have to step into the same places. But are you willing to give them to Jesus? I'm going to say this and finish. There's only one way to Christ. 
We heard the word, I heard the word religion mentioned. I don't know what it was for today. But that word religion, it's man's best efforts trying to reach a living God. We can't reach him. We can't reach high enough. We aren't strong enough to carry his word. The place where we are strongest is when we're weakest in the natural. When Jesus Christ is the only place to look. In the darkest hour of our life, when we cry out on his name, in that place of brokenness is there. But we can remain with a broken heart without having to be broken. We don't have to be broken by the circumstances and situations. We can be broken by humbling ourselves and going to him. And recognizing him for who he is and how fragile. Because you know, it's amazing. We was talk, uh, Mitch was talking about integrity and those things. But you know, it's amazing when he said about Tiger Woods. And even in the body of Christ. Some men's sins are open and evident for everyone. God reveals them to everyone and people point the fingers. But other men's sins are hidden. They're sins of the heart. I heard a brother say about, you know, the greatest testimony. We've all got testimonies and not one of them is greater than another. An amazing testimony is someone how they've actually walked with Christ all their life. But let me tell you something. It's no greater than those who have messed up and came to him at 30 or 40 years of age. The reason being, there's only one who was righteous. There's only one who is just. And that name is Jesus. Paul, Stephen, John, Rebecca, Sarah, whoever, whatever name you want to throw out. Mother Teresa, Billy Graham. Believe me, they may not have been outward sin, but they had sins within the heart because there wouldn't be a man or there wouldn't be a woman if they didn't have sins and they wouldn't have needed Jesus. We can't rubbish what he did on the cross. There's only one name what's above all names and the name is Jesus Christ. It's the name above all names and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess he is Lord. The choice tonight for each and every one in here, those of you that don't know him, will you confess him as Lord and Savior now at this appointed time and place? Or will it be when you step before him at the appointed time of death? Because there's a time to die, but then comes judgment. We all will stand before him at that throne, at that place of judgment. And he will either say one of two things. He will either say, enter in, good and faithful servant, or he will say, the saddest words in the Bible to me, depart from me, I never knew you. He has to know us, and that means we need to know him. Not about him, but know him. Can I ask you to bow your heads in this place? Can we have some music, please? If you're here tonight... And you don't know Jesus. You've never made a decision to give your life to Jesus. We're going to give you that opportunity right now. We're going to give you that opportunity to humble yourself and to receive the living God, the same spirit that raised him from the dead into your heart so he can release you into your purpose and destiny. Because the Bible says very clearly, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? It doesn't matter how good your life is, if you don't have Jesus, you are living without purpose. 
You can get all the accolades and all the trophies and all the wealth and all the homes and whatever it may be. And can tell you, you are successful, but you still stand before him and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. And spend eternity separated from a living God. You may be here and be that person who's now an adult, older in years, but you was touched by God as a child. But you know that you haven't lived for him, even though you've attended and been and done the things you're supposed to do. An outward appearance of that which is good, but denying the power that is within. That power is the power of the Holy Spirit, of the living God. Jesus left us his spirit when he went to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Or you may be struggling and just need to get a fresh touch from Jesus tonight. But I'm going to ask you first in this place, if you have never received Jesus, to just go ahead and raise your hand. To acknowledge the public profession of faith. I see that hand. Praise God. Is there anyone else? I see that hand. Raise them so I can see them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else in this place tonight? Raise your hand if you want to receive the gift of life, which is Christ Jesus. Eternal life. I see that hand. Thank you. Very bold. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anyone else? Who needs to make that decision tonight? You've never made that decision. You've never stood in public and said, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask you if you're in this place, and you may be that person that has followed from afar, just like Peter. You knew the Christ. You followed the Christ. But you turned on a different path. And began to start doing those familiar things that are so appealing in the world. Because it's not that which enters a man which causes him to sin, which is already in the man. Is there anyone here who wants to make it right with Christ tonight? Because we'll be in agreement with you. We'll walk with you. We'll help you. Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here? Okay. You can place your hands down. What I want to do now is I want to ask you, those of you that raise your hand, to just come to this altar. Come and join me and the team. You're not joining anything but the kingdom of God. For the Bible says that one cannot see the kingdom of God unless they be born again. We have to be born again. It's a new birth. It's a spiritual birth. Congratulations, man. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anyone else here who wants to make that decision to stand for Jesus Christ? I'm speaking to each and every one. Do you want to come, young lady? You went to stand up? Do you want to make a decision for Jesus tonight? Don't be ashamed. You're going to get more brothers and sisters tonight because the blood of Jesus, he adopts us into his family by his blood. We're adopted and we become brothers and sisters. And let me tell you something. Wherever you go in the world, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and there's other believers, if they are truly living for Jesus and have the love of Jesus in their heart, they will welcome you and they will help you with whatever they can. Whether If the only thing they can do is pray, they'll pray. But they should recognize you as a brother or as a sister. Because it's a sister or a brother that we will spend in eternity. 
It's greater than the blood we was born into because his blood never ends and never dries up. This blood in this body will dry up and disappear. But our spirits and souls go to be with Jesus. So praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Josh, I want to hand this to you, brother. Because you are the head of this ministry. Uh, well, Christ is, but you are the one who he gave this vision to for this ministry. And I want you to bless these young people and lead them in a prayer. And whatever he has on your heart, brother. Hey, come on, church. Give them a big round of applause. This is the reason we do what we do. Amen. Praise God. You know what? We have people at this altar. Hey, welcome, guys. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You are born again into the family of God. Let me tell you something. It ain't never going to do you wrong, guys. This is where you want to be. This is the greatest place. Church, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to give these young people the biggest round of applause that they have ever heard. Come on, church. Hey, young people, I want you to turn around, and I want you to look out at this audience. There are people in this church that love you. They care about you. And they want, and you know what, you see, you see big Mike back there, big Mike Guffey, raise your hand Mike, see that big pretty bald headed guy back there, yeah, I want you guys to follow him, as they're walking out, we're going to be praying for him, come on church, hey, just stretch your hands out towards them as they go by, Lord Heavenly Father, we pray for these young people, we pray that they are taken back there, they're going to be led through a, a, a prayer and they're going to be explained the salvation message just as simple as possible parents if you have any if you have any of the children if those are your children if you want to go back there with them you can lord heavenly father we thank you so much for what's happened this week lord god we're ending this thing on an amazing note thank you jesus for all the salvation souls and everybody that loves him come on guys say amen